Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. You are now in the future. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Um, we are having some technical issues. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like we're in an echo chamber. We're broadcasting through the phone. We can't, I have no volume here. What's I, I can't. This is what I have. Yeah, I got to call back. Okay, 630, hang in there. We have no volume on my computer. Neil, I have no volume on my computer. I don't know. Do something. I don't, I, 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 Neil, I have no volume. I have no volume. I have no way to fix it. Volume is on. There's no way to fix it. I, I put. Close it again and then start. It's the internet. It's the internet. Who's the call? I have no idea. Right now, I'm trying to just get on the radio. We have no volume. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Okay, I think we're on the air. I think we are on the air. And there, we have our caller back. This is amazing. So we had some technical difficulties, obviously, this morning. Um, there was no sound on my computer at all. So trying to call in from my phone to conduct the show didn't work either because we had a bad echo and loud noises. But we do have our caller back. So we're going to put the caller on the air momentarily, but first want to let people know how to reach us today. 914-338-0164 is the call in number. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We hope that you do. And um, I guess that's it. Oh, donations. If you're inclined to make a donation, our Venmo is on the show description. And that's it. Let's get started. Yeah, let's get to our caller right away. We are. Okay, bringing in there. Hi, Mercury retrograde, full moon lunar eclipse. The internet screwed up everywhere. Uh, we're, yeah, it was a mess. Hi, Dion. 
12573. Well, considering, okay, it's just a little stressful and, you know. I know. I panic like that, too. It's got to be right. It's got to be right. Why isn't it right? How come it's not right? I don't know. I, um, I'm moving forward with everything, getting everything reestablished with my businesses. And but my only holdup so far is the apartment to, to move and the finances, which can come any day in a contract. But like, I'm panicking because it's not something I can control. What do you mean come in, the finances could come any day? Like, are you waiting on money or are you thinking, you know, you might get money from sales of books or? Oh, I'll make money any way I got to make money. But like legally, you know what I'm saying? Like I have business that I do. Yeah. 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 I'm a consultant, but you know, know. for building products. I'm a consultant for building products. I just relaunched the office. I launched an office in Florida, and then the book, the docu series. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I'm not confident that a publisher is going to pick up the book, but I think somebody like a filmmaker would. Um, yeah, and thank you for sending the PDF to us. We've looked at it but haven't read it. Yeah, we we will be reading it. Uh, I have to finish another book from that I'm on. Then we're going to be looking distinctly at your book, um, and I'm looking forward to it. But thanks for bringing it so far. See, and that's it right there. People are waiting to read it. So you just really answered my question why there's a delay in that. Because people are finishing other projects. Thank you for saying that. You know, uh, we, we, we get a lot of material from people, too, screenplay writers and people who've written books. So we're constantly we reading, reading that people. on our own time, right. in fact. On our own time. So, uh, But we will read your book. I started to, re- just because I was excited we got it, I started to read the very beginning yeah, about the, beginning. The, uh, the nature of how fam- finances work and things like that. So it was very intriguing at the beginning, but I but I want to I'm going to start it over again and just read it through. So, question about that the book is there? Have you gotten a was there an editor involved in the process? No, I use two different types of editing software, and oh. um, the when I started that book, it wasn't a book; it was a docu series. It was like for screenplay, but then I couldn't, I felt like I wasn't knowledgeable enough to take it to that level. Like I needed to call in a partner. So I queried the publishing companies and also the film companies, just like last week or whatever, and um, to partner with them. Because at some point it's like, you got to have somebody else step in because I don't know everything. You know, like, I feel like I did my part with all of that. And I made it a book because that way it could be available in the other countries. So, I I mean, a book publisher might pick it up and want to re-edit it. That's fine, too. But it's like, I'm just so ready to always go to work to make money, to make things happen. So I'm not stuck. I get anxiety when it's not like Amazon Prime Fast, you know? Right. I mean, the thing is about it, 
it may be, and I haven't read the book, but it may be more likely to be picked up if it is edited first, because then you have a clean project and it's, you know, not just a computer editing. I mean, that's an idea, but of course it's costly. Um, it's costly. Not only that, but the, the, the killers haven't been arrested yet. And so I wanted it out there just so the information was out there, just to let people know, like, these people who, you know, like, beat and gang, gang stalked and robbed him and killed him. They're still walking around on the street. So <laughs> there was no reason for me to put it out. It is like that, and it's just, I don't know, it's just really bad when law enforcement doesn't even want to arrest people that have made confessions on videotape. It's just really unnerving. Like, what kind of world do we live in, you know? Oh, and so, what kind of world do we live in? It's, yeah, it's a scary world, that's for sure. I mean, there's a lot of evil in the world. Actually, we were just talking about that. I'm trying to post to our pages. It's not working. Uh, you know, the beginning of the book, I imagine it makes a big leap to another theme. But what compelled you to start the book the way you did? Because I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating. You, you're the one. Okay, well, you're the one that told me that the first two chapters of a book are the that need to be the most compelling. You, you told me that. You said the first two uh-huh. chapters of the book are the most important because they're most, they're the most compelling, and they're what's going to capture your audience. I do think that my work does need to be revised, but I feel like it needs to be another set of eyes, like. Right, I don't have the knowledge to bring it to the next level. Yeah, that's why I mentioned an editor because because then then you have you know if you get your two chap first two chapters, I mean aside from the first two chapters of the whole book, but especially the first two chapters because they are going to be what draws your reader in. If you get that cleaned up and structured in such a way that's appealing to, you know, a movie studio or, or, or a publishing company, I think that is a good direction to go in. But again, it's an expense. I'm having you know, so many uh, problems. With the, reading, like, the reading uh, public has really changed. It used to be that the, the typical reader was very accustomed to long beginnings. It takes time to get into a book. It's like life. And so you had these people who would write and they would get, they would, it would be a very dense and, and long and it took time and effort and you had to sit down and read. And then Hemingway came in and started to economize sentences and start to make things a little bit more concise. And then future writers came in and they started to chop up chapters and make one-line sentences, and everything started to change. Now we've got a reading public that is very small, in, in essence, very small, and they're used to quick videos and everything being done quickly. So if you don't grip your, your, your main reading audience at the beginning, they just are not equipped to spend time indulging in a long book. I mean, there are people who do, but it's not the general reading public today. So the reason I said the first two chapters are important, they've always been important, but they're important now because you're fighting a reading public 
that is used to instant, instant, short, instant, nothing too long. Except if, you know, you have these sequels and movies that go on for two and a half hours and people are devoted to the sequels. But it typically, and, you know, even with the books like The Hobbit or um, the the one with uh, uh, the kid that I can't Harry remember, Potter. Harry Potter. I mean, yeah, we do still have that. But typically speaking, that's where it comes from. I mean, I don't think you need to worry. Well, you might need to worry about an editor, but I found your beginning still interesting and gripping. But then I started to think, I wonder how this shift is going to, how you're going to accommodate the shift to the topic that I thought you were going to be writing about. So that will be interesting to get through. But nonetheless, um, you know, it's very encouraging. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading your book. Okay, yeah, I, I I try to make it like the recipes, you know, like how they write, like how they do the recipe videos. It's just because the millennials, you know, created the apps and and it's just a change in the audience is true because they want, you know, video, they want to stream, you know what I'm saying? So I'm up well, with yeah. all that. Yeah. And, um, the, the, the people have, you know, it's instant gratification with the internet now. I mean, the world has changed so much. You know, people used to go to the theater to see a film. Now people stream from their home. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's, I don't want, is there anything that I can do to, like, is, am I holding myself back at all, do you feel? Or is there anything I could do to speed up, like, my relocation or... Because I always feel like I have to do my part in everything, which sometimes is just surrendering, but then I feel lazy. Well, you know, you're dealing with a, an attitude of karma. Some people have instant karma, and it's great. Some people have to struggle. Some people struggle and never make it. Some people struggle and they eventually make it. So a lot of it depends on your built-in karma as it is. You seem to be a person that's on a mission. And that mission has to be rooted to a past life. Now, the way to trace your progress in life is to look at your life to see how fast you have gotten your childhood, what kind of blocks you've had to face, how you've accomplished your goals, because that will give you some indication about the way you've been wired from a, from a DNA karmic perspective. When you get to be a certain age, your master number is... Um, she's one. You're she's one. one. So you're compounded. But she's going to be 50. She's going to be 50. So she's yeah. going to have a change. I mean, you, your life also goes in cycles of 10 because of the division of your karmic number. Aside now, from... Ooh. So but now when we look at that, Dion, we look at the third number in your birth date, which is a five. So being 50... That five starts to light up again because you're, you're, you're compounded. So your energies keep going back and forth, back and forth, like the ocean waves. And so now that it's on that five, that means that you've gone through um, 10 cycles of 10 to reach this position where the five may finally have shedded no, itself. she's gone through five cycles of 10. Yeah, five 10. cycles of 10. Oh, did you say that? Yeah. Okay. Where the karma has now shredded itself and, and gotten rid of most of the obstacles 
So now at this point in your life, you might be able to revisit your energy on a continuum basis, but with success in mind. What's nice is that in your um, ultimate turnover, you have a seven and a three, which is a, a very sacred numbers. Sevens and threes are sacred across the board. So you, even though you're revisiting it again, you're revisiting it with less and less karma involved in your obstacles. So something is compelling you to do this, and you're aided by the fact that you've reduced your karma. What can you do? Well, ground level, positive energy, persistence, um, consistency, integrity. If you're saying, well, do I need to change my location? I don't get that as a requirement. That's a personal preference. Choice, yeah. I don't think your geography has to do with I think your she's, The problem with her ge- geographical location, though, is that she's in a small town in Wisconsin, and she's not connecting with people. Is that correct? Yeah, it's just the resources are very – it's just like I'm wearing, like, a like fat guy in a little coat is what I feel like. Well, I, I mean, like, like the resources are too small, and I just I don't enjoy the environment, you know. And no, no, I feel like I've outgrown it. You're going well. That's a personal preference. You're going to have to do your sailing through the internet, and you're going to have to start to search out agents, um, managers, things like that, literary people that might take an interest in your topic. Uh, it would be good if you had an agent because an agent gets you into the process through the front door than just going cold turkey. I did. I queried them last, but, um, and and I was just, you know, waiting for a callback or not waiting, but, you know, just, and people just keep saying it needs to be a film, but at the same time, you didn't even have time to read it. So I'm feeling like that could be part of it too. Yeah, well, people just haven't even read it yet. Yeah, people who say that are very ignorant because a film involves studios. It involves all kinds of things where the writer gets pushed back further and further and further, and you and it, you have to do pitches. So people who say it should be a film are really not. They're they're talking like like they're you know right. it's ridiculous. You just can't say well this should be a film. That's that goes later. Because you just can't say yeah, but that's an easy film. but that's an easy way for them to say sorry, we're not going to take this project. I mean, to to me, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, um, the beginning chapters, uh, I think I think, and I you know I can't be positive because I scant I skimmed the I skimmed the beginning. I didn't read it, but. There's, I think you need more um, about the actual event to pull someone in, in the beginning of the book. And there's, you know, it's, it, you go through kind of some, you know, thought process on paper about, you know, why do people do these things and so on and so forth. So I don't know if that. Yeah. I mean, you, you might have to be specific to your topic at right. hand so that the reader it feels comfortable with your approach. Because yeah, you I feel like your topic doesn't come in until like chapter three. That's, that's, yeah. that's that maybe because problematic. 
Well, you may have two books there, but you got to stick to your main topic and and grip the reader with with what you're trying trying to say initially instead of using this because you're not writing an experimental book. You're not writing a novel. You're writing a a non-fictitious book and you're presenting a point. So you really want to state your main theme in that first sentence. You want to grip the reader. Why would I read this book? What is that first sentence? How is it going to pull me in? And what are you trying to say? And in your elaboration, how are you going to prove it? How are you going to keep me compelled? Why would I want to read this? Why is your topic so important? So if you become very vague, which, I mean, it's it's not healthy in terms of the specifics of what you're talking about. Creatively, it may be fun but it doesn't adhere to, to your main topic. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do. So, you know, look at, look at bestseller fiction books and study the first paragraph of books that have really been successful. Even look at the top 10 New York Times nonfiction category. And just take a look. You can go online and, and Google it. They'll give you an example of the first – they give you the first three pages – and read it and see how they are approaching their title, their topic, and their specific. So I would suggest you do that um, because, you know, when a lot of times when we talk about books, whether they're, they're fiction or nonfiction, a lot of the illusions will be, well, what's the last sentence of the book and what's the first? How does it start off? Because this is what makes books famous and what makes them gripping. And if you have a topic that's really gut-wrenching or important to you, state why it's so in the beginning of the sentence and make it creative, even though it may be nonfiction. <laughs> but if, <clears throat> if you come across as being too vague, unfortunately, with our reading public today, uh, they may follow you for a little bit, but reading a book of the size you're trying to do, think of the commitment it takes. Right. So that's what I would say to you, uh, uh, Dion. Um, uh, you know, uh, but nonetheless, well, I'm going to read the book, and I'm familiar. Both Chris and I are familiar with all kinds of writing styles, and we're very open-minded about being experimental or, you know, meandering. Meandering books. books. Yeah. It, 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 but but to get your soul, you've, you're going to have to tight, probably tighten it up. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So, so tightening it up before you get it, I don't know how many literary agents you pitched to or, or sent, you didn't do a pitch, but sent the book out to. But hopefully... I sent it to all of them. I have a list of like the 3,000 top people at all the literary and film agencies and I sent it to all of them hmm. because well, I well, am ready to move forward. I mean the right it's gonna fall under the right person's hands. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't I can't be like, oh I did it too fast or too like I can't worry about things like that because that'll just hold me back even further, like thinking why my mental state is in that 
or blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to also be confident that what I did was enough to get me to the next step. And if not, and I have still the time in between of making corrections and things like that. Like, I can only do what I can do, like, mentally. Well, like, yes, the first two chapters may need to be edited. But if I go through them and I don't see where that I could change that, then that's fine, too, but I will at least try it. What I'm saying is, is I'm, like, open, wide open to have other people come in uh, and work on it with me, too. Your challenge is that you've already sent it to all these, it sounds like 3,000 literary agents or production companies or wherever you send it, and now they've already seen it, and uh, I don't know, you're getting rejections, and they're saying, oh, this needs to be a film, blah, blah, blah. So you're, the, the, the downside is that you've sent it out without refining, and they're, the likelihood of them taking a second look at the same project is, you know, that's, that's something that's going to be challenging for you. I don't look at it that way, though, because the writers are on strike, and you know what I'm saying? They have to get material from somewhere, and if if that's the way that it goes, then it just wasn't meant to be, and I move on to the next thing that makes me successful. But I do believe that the – I do believe the project is going to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even waiting for that. I could get a contract on my other things that I do and move forward, too. It's just about like the anxiety and stuff like that. But I'll I'll do what Neil said and go back through it, especially and I'll do the research and I'll correct it. Because if he's bringing it up, he's bringing it up for a reason. But I'm not well, going to live in fear like I didn't do enough or didn't. You know what I'm saying? Or the timing well, was off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we both brought it up. If if you remember, I'm the one who said the first two chapters, you know, need to be edited because you you don't get into the subject matter. So we're both saying the same thing. I mean, different, 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 different language, but the same, the same approach. So, you know, take heed of our words. Yeah, I've I, never... I do understand that. I just think of you two as one. So I apologize if I didn't, you know, no, say Kristen. I'm not offended. I'm not offended, Dion. Don't worry. Okay. So, uh, okay. you know, with, no, you can't proceed with fear or trepidation. You've got to follow your path you it, it you've got to follow it beyond what we're saying is that the, what on a psychic level above the clouds we're feeling that there's a, a a place for this book that's going somewhere and this evolving process this editing process may be part of the perfection of getting it down to a concise level um God knows that, you know, people edit and edit and edit even the most famous writers. So it's not a, it's not a, a hard process. You're shaping it. You're developing it. And each time you do your energy, because you may be stripping away things in your own energy field that's going to be helpful to you. So I think to make exactly. it racist, it will be a success. So follow through on that. Just don't, you know, people who say, well, it should be a film, that's irrelevant. It it means nothing right now. It means nothing because it's a way to just It's a book. It's not a film. Right. And developing it into a film is not, you're not doing a screenplay. I don't know what they're talking about. I I would ignore those statements. I wouldn't even listen to it. Write your book. And you, you might, 
you might want to invest if you can in some editor or somebody who develops books three hundred bucks or whatever that might help you out with a good reputation. And there are people that do that, but it's not necessary, but that's one suggestion. But what we'll do is we'll continue to um, put the energy out for you. And as we read it, maybe uh, Chris and I can discuss things that we're coming up with, but it won't matter. It's your book, it's your development, and uh, go forward on, on what you feel is the vibration you need to, to get it out there. And thank you for saying that you see Neil and I as one because that's the idea. That's nice. Well, you're married and people don't, some people don't have respect for marriage. I personally do. I know that it's a give and take and, you know, um, that's what marriage is, is combining the two to one unity. So, I always respect people when I meet married couples because that's, especially, you know, like you've been together a long time. So that shows that your commitment and your devotion towards the relationship that you have because you have to work at it, you know. I very believe in that. In fact, yeah, I'm, wearing her, I'm wearing her bra right now. <laughs> and I'm wearing, his, uh, <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing his boxers. Oh, no, briefs. Briefs, you wear briefs, not boxers. Yeah, kind of tight, but I'll, I'll... <laughs> uh, so. And then you both have different gifts, so it's nice that you both come together to even do this show for us. Like, I'm very grateful to be able to speak to you today. Thank you, Internet, for working and Blog Talk Radio for working. It's a, it's a, it's a gift. You're gifting me, so thank you. Well, let's put out energy for your success. We'll be reading and your, your move book. and your move because yeah. we know you want to move. I, and I, I personally, I think you're going to be happier in a place where there's more opportunities for social interaction. I mean, you probably want to find a mate as well. And I don't think you're going to find that person where you're at. It's a sleepy town. Correct. And uh, Thank yeah, I mean, that that would be a place where I would like to relocate personally, because, you know, we're married, so it's a single lady. Um, you need to be somewhere more populated if you want to meet somebody. I agree. So, I yeah. mean, it served a purpose, definitely. Like, it was safe for me up here, and I was able to concentrate, which I needed, and, and things like that, and disconnect from the energy, and you know, and now now completely changed my life into a different direction because I want to invest in real estate and things like that. I know I'm going to. So it's just a changeover. It's a complete transformation. But, yeah, I'm like, the online, you know, like, can only, and the millennials might be fine with that. But for me, it's like human interaction. You know what I mean? Like no, I, I yeah, different generation, for sure. And And right now what's holding you up is money. Money, yeah. You so like in a figure. I mean, how much do you need saved to get there? And like, are we talking like five thousand dollars to put uh, to do the move, a uh, payment I, on that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna manifest ten thousand because huh? the move, and then you know, uh, also just getting set up down there is going to take time away from work, but I could make $10,000 in the next five minutes with my window orders. You know what I'm saying? Like the window business, the money is immediate. 
So I, I could move down there and, you know, get in, in an extended stay or, or put my stuff in, in a storage and do an Airbnb until I can get three months worth of income shown where I could get into an apartment or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's really not that much money. That's I don't, I don't know if that's the greatest idea. I mean, it'd be better to get a, like a lease right away rather than waste your money on like an a, an extended stay or an Airbnb because that's just throwing your money away. I mean, I guess the where being in an apartment is too, but it's going to be more costly to be in an Airbnb or an extended stay than it is to be in a real apartment. Um, do you have savings right now? No. No, nothing. Nothing. No, I just got back to work. I was, I got, I got injured last year and I filed for short-term disability. And of course they, whenever they decide they're going to approve your application, you can't wait on things like that. Like I can't wait for the money to come in from my insurance claim for disability. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Like, do I have to stay up until midnight pushing this book? <laughs> what do I have to do? Because, like, I can't burn anymore. Like, I'm out of burning stage. Just the energy here is, like, I feel like I'm not prosperous. And, you know, not to blame the apartment or anything, but it's like, okay, come on, universe, let's go. You know, I'm capable of doing things. I get up and I go to work every day. So, you know, time to get bring that money forward because it's already mine, right, according to the universe. So I can make that next leap of faith. Well, you know, I'm like everybody else. I want it now, 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 now. Well, you know, we'll take we'll take it for granted that there's still a path you're following, and that part of that will be induced by the organic elements that surround your decision making and what compels you to do certain things so that you don't have to take full responsibility and be nervous about your decisions. There is a lock-in where karma, the good karma, can follow through on your energy. It doesn't matter if you're burning sage or incense or chanting (laughs) or doing a dance. It, what matters is the depth of what's happening in your soul. And your soul's on a journey, Dion, wherein you've come back to the earth so many plenty of times that you've become compounded with, with karma. So that karma is now overflowing in the glass. And it, so it's like saying, whenever I pick up my glass, water spills out, something happens. Because the, the karma's collected so much that it's hard to maneuver without there being some kind of accident. And the, the karma that you came in with, I mean, you were born into a very wealthy family and lived a life of luxury growing up, and then it was all ripped away from you. And so, I mean, that kind of adjustment, having to change your lifestyle, be on your own, you know, it's part of your master number, you're a one, you've been divided from your family. Um you know, it's an intense karma you came in with to have to go through that. So you've got, in your birthday, you've got a, eights are very powerful. Yours is broken up up by one, two, Two, and five. And it's also broken up by the 19 in your year, which is a one next to the seven. So your eights are sort of broken up. But But the one, two, five, wait, the one, two, five is on our karmic side. So the eight was during her, right? But what I'm saying is that eight was most active during her her, her karmic 
Well, she disturbed, she, was she disturbed something to do with power. So there was a disturbance that created the Created an energy in her life now. In this, that was a past life. But I'm talking about in her current life. Yeah. When, her, when she was wealthy, it was during her karmic phase. Uh, bef- I yeah, mean, but it would be taken away. Right, it would be taken away. So the age, what, what, when did you have the big falling out with your family? How old were you? 2011. 2011. So... <clears throat> You were 38 years old at that time. The, and 30, 38, 38 is an 11. 38 is your 125, which is an 8, and your last number is a 3. So your 38 is also incorporated in the fact that 19 is a 1, so 1 and 7, seven is, is eight, an 8, followed three, by the three. 3. It's in your year. So all of that, you couldn't help. It was going to happen. So mm-hmm. what we've got to do is determine how we can make that five work to your advantage since you've pro- chosen uh, writing, writing as your goal. So writing as your goal becomes very important. Now that five connected to your seven is a 12. That becomes your month. So there, take that 12, which is a three, combine it with the three in your year, which is a six, and use your third eye as a as an incentive to get your literary ambitions stirring up and getting the soup going. So I, I, I believe she's making soup now. Yeah. I don't know she's going to be a cook. Well, sometimes <laughs> words tumble out of a person's <laughs> mouth because they're prophetic. So there may be, there may be something, even an allusion to cooking or soup or something about the um, attitude of cuisine that might, help you on the other stage to develop something Hmm. because everything comes in a metaphorical uh, composition. So if there's anything that you can imagine or incorporate into your mind that has to do with cooking, because that's a metaphor, put that into your thought process, not literally, but figuratively. So you'd go through your mind and go, well, what does cooking mean? Uh, my grandmother made cookie, cookies. Uh, you know, my mother was good at soup. I did whatever it may be. I took a cooking class. You want to use that metaphor to represent something that you're trying to cook up in the literary world that arouses awareness. So you might want to try okay. that procedure. I have been cooking more lately. I'm sorry? More than usual. I have been cooking more than usual lately, so that's kind of odd. Because I'm notorious for, like, not being able to cook anything, and I've been, like, cooking. What do you cook? I mean, I'm just simple, like, simple things out of a box or a can right now because I'm like that bad at cooking and like I made pancakes that was that was one um Is that out of box? yes okay so you got your two elements so when you say box and can look at those two separate elements and compare it to these two separate elements in your writing because you have two two different storylines going and yet you're trying to concoct mm. something when you talk about pancakes, you're talking about mixture. You're talking about a mixture of energy combining into one element. 
which I think you could have done without a box, by the way. So, so what you want to do is you want to you to want to take two opposite ideas and mix them to one specific metaphor, one specific idea. So when you're looking at the introduction of your book, maybe you can blend that quickly into your main topic. Yeah. You want your first sentence to be a grabber. Right. You've got to get that main topic in the first two chapters. That's what I think. Because it's, it's, it's you know, it's the lead in. I, I understand that. But, but, but people may not, you know, because of their immediate, you know, gratification factor that we live in or that we, we've become, become accustomed to in our society, they may not, you know, get to chapter three. So if there's a way to incorporate the main topic into the beginning of the book, I that. Okay. Well, this has been a very insightful and long call. We, I don't know why we don't have any callers, but, um, but keep us posted, Dion. I will. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and energy today and helping me. I'm going to work on it right now. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Work on getting that money to move, too. God, I can't believe our technical issues today. I, I, so as I was typing um, quickly to get our show on the air and scrambling with the phone and, and, um, all that when I got upstairs because we had to change rooms to get closer to the internet, I looked and I, I had typed cola, coal us for a reading. C U L L. Cool. Oh, <laughs> well, coal is an interesting word. Yeah. Um, abbreviated cul-de-sac, but coal. But well, no, no. Yeah. I, well, that's a, See, coal de sac is coal the end, end of the, it's the. Um, it's a roundabout in a way. Right. But it means um, the ass of the back actually is the literal translation. Translation Coal is ass. It's, it's rear. Yeah. But coal itself is not, uh, the, uh, the etymology I don't think is going to be the same. Well. Coal is selective slaughter of wild animals. Yeah, I was just going to say. Slaughter. Because what it, what it uh, amounts to in frenetic quality is the cry of a bird. And so it does have an animal conference to it because it's actually taken from um, the sound of a bird, like a crow. Uh, and so when we get into the idea of how did that sound occur uh, in the slaughter of animals, uh, a lot of times the massive slaughter of animals concern birds because of the farming and the crows eating the grain and things like that, and they, there's flocks. So there was a cry in that massive quality. They weren't concerned about one bird. They were concerned about many birds. One farmer isn't concerned about one bird. They were concerned about flocks of birds. So there, is, there comes that energy of, of it being somewhat animalistic. But that's the combination of energy. I mean, a lot of our... Uh, language is taken from the phonetic quality of animals the way we we used to we used to be able to imitate animal native americans would 
would would actually know how to imitate the sound of animals and people do that so it becomes a language even in the language of birds the, the different bird species even within the same species has an intricate language system where their dialect if you will is so concisely individualized that one that the same breed will have a different language according to the tempo and the intensity of how they chirp or sing or talk because they all have a meaning whether it's mating or territory or proclaiming something searching for their flock what are we talking about here? i don't know know what you're talking about you I don't know. Your call, see you Call, I don't, yeah, you're going off on you, quite you a tangent. You started it. You well, started it by saying technical problems. Technical problems has to do with sound. You well, actually, it, it was with... the technical problems didn't didn't result in me typing coal. That was my mistake. That no, was a, a, but know, we were a having a problem. Typographical with sound. error. So, yeah. so you use technical, and it's converted into sound. It's a technical problem, but it has to do with sound. <clears throat> it did in our case today. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how much time do we got? Oh, we got six minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. Um, it, they used to say, you know, sixty-nine with six minutes of pleasure, nine months of waiting. That's what they used to say about the number 69. We got six minutes of pleasure ahead of us. Um, maybe nine months of waiting for a caller. But that, and then that call comes in again. You see, it all comes back around and uh, converts into energy. But I, I, think, I think what is compelling, too, before we wrap up, is the introduction, when you think of the word intro, it's very important how you begin something, the beginning of energy. And in the birth date, the first number, your first number in your birth date is vastly important because it, it, it trumpets in the attitude of what you're really about. On right. The karmic and let's talk about that with Dion. Oh, we do have another caller. We have another caller, but real quick, with Dion, her first number happens to do with, I mean, happens to be her master number. And her life right now, and, and, you know, since her, uh, I guess, 2011, has been a um, struggle for survival and foundation. So that relates to the first chakra, but let's bring on, oh, it's Jennifer. Hi. (laughs) Hello, Elbowai. We've been chatting. We've been chatting in the, in the... In the chat, but anyway. Um, I, I have a numerology question. There was a gentleman that I work with who makes, he's pretty much lined up for a sexual harassment charge, but I know his birthday. Oh, my God, there's an emergency. Sorry, there's an emergency alert on my phone, and it won't go off. Okay. Now it's That's okay. Uh, okay. Um, so I had to talk to him before it gets to management about the way he speaks with women. Now, his birthday is, is May 20th. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, you were having yeah. problems. It's been go- ongoing for about two years. Yeah, yeah you had a problem like, with a guy. And you yeah, said, I and, but, talked to him, and he got upset and told his manager. I, I, anyway. 
Oh no 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 that's not that's not sexual. So this guy has been kind of sexually you know talking to people and me when I first started. So I started before him. He came in and I'm like, am I being punks? So this guy is just over the top sexual innuendos, whatever. And um, his birthday is May 21st and he's turning 40. So that would make him what 83. Yeah. May 21st. I mean, there's what part of the problem? 83 to 11, five, six, seven, eight, 18. So he's 29, 11, two. Yeah. There you go. Quick answer. He's, he's 29, 11, twos are notoriously, notoriously sexually deviant. I mean, not all that's a generalization, but there's usually problems with sexuality when you're 29, 11, two, and it's compounded as well. So, so what's your question about? Oh, well, well, it's a problem because twenty nine eleven twos, like Kristen said, are have a have a general basis of having some kind of dark energy regarding the sexual connotations. Not all the time. Not but, all the time. But this would qualify as the as the as manifestation the foundation of, yeah. of that kind of energy. Um, the other problem is is that. He's he's got a power issue because his five, five two, two one is an eight and it's realized again as a solid eight. What's really strange about this and people are connected when they call. I mean he's not on the line, but his birth date is like a mirror of Dion's Dion's, sorry, five two one. And then he's born in eighty three, not seventy three, but their years are interchangeable. So I mean he basically, you know, his his birth date month and day are Dion's birthday going backwards. It's a problem that you're not, his problem is probably rooted in a, in a, his father who was probably a kind of a strong ego person and was probably condescending, but, but presented a world of sexual energy to his son. I don't know that his father was in the picture. As far as I know, it was a single mom. He was raised, and well, I don't think there's any contact with the father. Well, well that's the probably the father. problem. Because yeah. there might have been innuendos about him and why oh, okay. he was in the picture. It, there, something, you see, he's grasping at something about a father energy. So his mm. manly, if you will, is about seeking the power of being a man. But I mean, you know. And he and he's probably has a lot of resentment towards his mother. 60 seconds, yeah. but it's evident too in the 2-1. I mean, you, he came into the world with problems in relationship and his foundation, 2-1, um, on his comic side. Uh, anything else before we close? No, I, you know, thanks for confirming that. I, I bet I'm trying to, like, help him because I do like him as a friend, but he just seems a little bit in denial of what he does. He said, well, which woman complained? I said, all of the women complained, but he seemed to be focused on it had to be a certain person. I'm like, no, it was every woman. He doesn't understand that his behavior is, is, is on a, on a generalized level inappropriate. Right. Right. But you, you're yeah. running out of time, so we can talk about it later. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, go back. Okay. Thanks, Jennifer. Have a great Bye. All right. Bye. Okay, we're out of time. Sorry about the technical problems, everybody. We'll be back on the air on oh Friday, 12, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Bye. Bye.